here with my friend Daryl. Daryl, tell people how we met. I know the story, but I think it's cooler when you say it. All right, so it had to be in 2008, Kobe. I was going to orientation at UNC Charlotte, and I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it was at night. I think we usually check into our rooms at night, so it was nighttime. I remember walking into the room. I think there was a friendly face or a friendly voice. Um, and that was, so that was, that was, that was first night of orientation, uh, where we got a chance to meet. I don't know if we, I think we hung out for a while that night and you, I remember you staying out longer cause I remember, <laughs> <laughs> so I remember going to bed, but I think I remember Kobe staying out, enjoying the whole, uh, freshman life. But uh, that was, that well, was the first night. And, yeah. And since, and since then it's been history. So I remember after that, I think we stayed in contact throughout college. So it yeah. might've been like. Whether it's like conversations, stopping each other on campus, or yeah, yeah. different organizations, but it's interesting how um, that one moment transferred to something great. Good. Yeah, it was crazy. Like we were freshmen, sore. Two thousand eight. We're both like newly eighteen-year-olds yeah. coming to college, wow. staying 18. away from our parents in cool little dorms. Um, yeah, I, I remember I, I met met you. You were a lot cooler than me, so I think I was a little intimidated. But, uh, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> so. So yeah, it was, it was nuts. And then it's the cool thing about freshman orientation is you instantly know someone. Like you're coming to the school, you don't know anyone. So, you know, we exchange numbers and we immediately have at least one person yeah. to contact our, uh, our, first day of, our first day of school. Um, so that's how we met, 2008, freshman orientation during the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and why don't you walk me through a little bit about how we get into a job? So... Before college, did you like have a job as a busboy, or did you mow grass, or anything like that before college? So before college, I worked at Dairy Queen. Oh wow! So my first job for probably since maybe two years of high school, if not more, was Dairy Queen. So I started as a just a regular worker. I think I had to be 16 because I had to get that form signed, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. So I worked there for around a year or so, and then I got promoted to shift lead. And funny story, me and this girl, were really, <laughs> really, we were really, really close, um, and we both wanted to get promoted. So when, when the person left that we knew one of us had to be picked, um, <laughs> I got picked, <laughs> and we were never friends since. <laughs> so, so she felt kind of salty. Um, but yes, I, I was promoted to shift lead, which was like my first managerial position. It gave me the confidence to believe that, you know, I could do anything because I would like handle customer complaints. I could, I could open the store by myself, close the store by myself, count the drawers down, wow. all that good Life stuff. Life a manager. Yeah, right. 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, and shout out to my, my old employers because they really like, as an entrepreneur at heart, I would always give them like ideas for the business, <laughs> and they would always at like. 16. <laughs> yeah, they would always like listen and act like they were listening. And now I look back, I'm like, Daryl, what were you telling them to do? Like, you're just like, but Mike and Katie always were like, Daryl, yeah, that's good, that's good, great, we're gonna do that. And they never really did it, but they they never like put me down. They always encouraged the entrepreneur spirit. So first job was a uh, first real job was Dairy Queen, but through like middle school and stuff, I sold candy, sold stickers. Yeah. Always had the entrepreneurial uh, number gene. one in the fundraising categories. Always, you know, <laughs> like those entertainment books with the coupons. Yeah, yeah. Sold those in high school. <laughs> so um, you got to get in the machines with the money going around. Oh yeah, like first prize. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was always my thing. Nice. All right, so Dairy Queen. So quick side note: Were there any puns at Dairy Queen? Did you guys make any like, oh, that's a sweet, that's a sweet order, or 
or say sweet things to people because it's like an ice cream shop. Any inside Dairy Queen jokes? Hmm. I don't know. I think we would make up like, um, I would always make up songs and stuff to go along <laughs> with like, um, I see you creep. Remember that song? I see you. Okay. It's like, I see you creeping at the Dairy Queen of Fuquay, <laughs> trying to get you a caramel mulatte. <laughs> Maybe something. I, I used to make up songs for everything, oh but we always God. we always had fun and laughed and joked, especially at that age. You just but we did make like crazy stuff like Dorito Blizzards. Oh, um, just whatever disgusting. we just try. We would just throw in there and just try it out. Um, and then we had this guy who came in. It was a guy who came in like every Sunday got the exact same order. A very like old like mean man. He would order a hot dog with like onion, <laughs> and, like, mustard, and whatever, and it would have to be like totally right. But as soon as he like pulled up, we would automatically know it. So I was like, hey, Mr. Whatever. But that was always a funny joke anytime he would come in. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. I actually had a song like that when I was at the Hilton. It was like, it was re- I remade this rap song. So I was a valet at the mm-hmm. Hilton. Good job. And like people would come up, I'd be like, yeah, rolling on my bell cart. Brass polished up because I'm repping that four star. Like, <laughs> I forgot the rap song, but I like redid the words to it. <laughs> So embarrassing. Got your tips, right? Yeah. <laughs> Got my tips. All right. So um, the point of this show is to go zero to 60. So we're, we're, I'm trying to get inside your mind so you can tell everybody how you got from $0,000 a year to $60,000 a year. Nice. So we're starting out a Dairy Queen, um, a job that's probably very few barriers of entry. Like yes. you'd say most people could get a job at Dairy Queen, Correct. but you... You excelled. You obviously excelled more than your counterpart because yes. you're a shift lead. <laughs> um, so tell me at, this is like age 16, right? 16, 17? Yeah, let's just say 16, 17. So how much are you making a Dairy Queen at this point? I'm going to say, what was minimum wage back then? I'm pretty sure it was like six, seven dollars. Yeah. Maybe if that. Wow. So I'm going to say probably around like seven fifteen an hour, if that. Yeah. And then you get an extra. I remember we used to be, we used to be so excited over like a quarter raise, like 20 cents, like, they'll pull me out back, like, Daryl, um, you've done such a good job, this next, you know, from here on out, you're going to be making an extra 20 cents, you're like, yes, because you added up, and all those hours count, but it had to be around, let's just, let's just say seven, says seven or so dollars. All right, wow. Yeah. Very cool. And then you come to college. Yes. Now, did you ever have a job in college, or... I did. So my I didn't have a job until my senior year because I didn't get a car until my senior year of college right. or the junior the junior summer before my senior year. So when I got a car, um, I got a job at the Dairy Queen in Charlotte. What? Yeah. <laughs> so you're a senior in college and you go back to your roots I go back to, to get a job at Dairy Queen. Yeah. All right. Because I was an expert. I was an expert in the field. So <laughs> I already knew how to make everything. I was good at it. Um, now that owner wound up being such a cheapskate. She was a nice person, um, but she was so cheap that it was like it was totally different because you think that every business is ran the same. Yeah, and I think that's where I really got to see entrepreneurship and see how like my first owners were so giving and um, just gave a lot and were very like they were mentors. Yeah, where my second owner like she watched like every single thing like. No more chocolate chips. No more cho- chocolate chips. Now, I know that portion size is important with any franchise because you want the product to be the same across yeah. the board. But I mean, she was so cheap that um, when you washed your hands and you wanted a paper towel, like you're supposed to use a paper towel more than once. 
So she didn't want you to throw the paper towel away once you wash your hands. Oh. It was like it was terrible. Now she uh. now she's cheap. She's still a nice lady. Shout out to her. <laughs> I was gonna say her name, but I still talk to her to this day. But she's <laughs> hands down, she knows that she's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, so you're senior in college. Um, and I had two internships too. All right, go and tell me when did you get these internships okay. in college? So I had an internship my sophomore summer. Paid? Paid. That right. was with SunTrust Bank. Okay. And that was back at home. That. Yeah. yeah, so that was back at home. So uh, luckily I had my mom's car or parents' car. I was able to drive there. And I think that was at fourteen fifty an hour. Yeah, that was big money back then. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah, that was, that was really good. I remember you telling me about that. I think I was like... Um, Sophomore summer yeah. in some other part of the country doing outdoorsy Living stuff, life, yeah. and you were you were like working at a bank, yeah. making fourteen bucks an hour. Fourteen, you're rolling, yeah, killing it. All um, right, so talk me through. You're in college. How did you get that internship? Because guys like me, we didn't. I didn't work at SunTrust Bank. You knew a lot of people who spent their summers at the pool. Yeah, walk me through the thought process. There. So there's a there's a program called Inroads. Okay. So Inroads is a program that helps minority students. Yeah. Um, get internships with major companies. Okay. So Fabian, yeah. Elliot, or Indro, Terrell Kirby, a lot of people that you probably know or heard of, um, a lot of them were, were intern, you know, yeah. let's say mentees or not mentors or interns throughout yeah, the summer. Yeah. So the Enroll's process is you, I think you inter- do two or three interviews. Um, after you get through the interview process, um, you but go what through what made it. you want to do that? Like everybody else is sitting in college like, hey, I'm going to go party this summer. Okay. What was the first thought? Oh, to realize that at some point that I had to hand over my resume to somebody. Yeah. So I knew that in four years, I was going to probably go into corporate America at that point. And I knew that I was going to have to hand that resume over to somebody. So I was like, what am I going to put on here to be able to set myself apart? Yeah. So at that point, I was a business management major, felt college of business. Woo-hoo, shout out to y'all. <laughs> um, so the bank was just one way for me to be able to get that experience, especially in the whole finance department. So that was really why I did inroads. Um, and then my second summer, I, I, uh, Back up. I had an internship at AT and T. Well, hold on. Go ahead. So before we get into that one, SunTrust Bank, you realize that oh snap, I'm going to graduate from college. I mm-hmm. should probably have something on my resume besides uh, I took statistics and Correct. I can barely passed. Correct. And so you go get this internship. What did you think when you were making fourteen bucks an hour? Like when you signed that contract, walk me through that. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was damn good. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was like, this is good. So I was able to use that money to what did I use it for? Um, I don't know what I money goes so quickly these yeah. days. But it was kind of like an eye opening experience um, because other people weren't making that amount yeah. of money. But what you said, what was going through my mind? Just sign yeah. the contract and. Um, I mean, when you finally landed the job. So I finally got it. And I was working in the office okay. every single So I actually went through 13, 14 weeks of banker training. So I went through 14 weeks of banker training as though, like, with actual employees of the bank who were actually going to my real position, like adults. I was like a, what, 7, 18, 18 19 year old 20, yeah. with like 40, 50 year olds going through a 16 week training. Wow. At the end of that training, they were actually going to the real jobs. Because the training was so long, I only had really like two to three weeks on the job. Did you get paid for training? I did. I paid for training. Wow. So I went through all the training as though like I, I actually know what the process yeah. is like to be a relationship banker. Wow. Um, and then I worked inside the bank. And then that was one of the first signs that I didn't want to do corporate America. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, I was helping people open up accounts. But I think for the millennial generation, 
we're very passionate about just helping yeah. and being able to make a difference. And I just felt like at that point where I was, I wasn't making a difference. I just felt like I was just pushing papers. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of organizing in the back. I just found different things to do. But actually, during my free time while yeah. I was working at SunTrust, I was actually working on, it might have been like a, a goal app or something that I wanted to create. Yeah. So luckily, I was doing other stuff while I was there as well. Wow. When I wasn't busy, when customers wasn't coming in. So I, I did use that time kind of wisely. Um, but yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So 14 bucks an hour. You went through a bunch of training. 16 something 16 yeah. weeks. And yeah. just the summer. So you only yeah. got a few weeks even oh, on yeah. the job. Yeah. Um, all right, very cool. Now, was there a reason? I'll just fill in the blank. Just tell me if I'm wrong. You probably chose SunTrust in Raleigh because you could live at home, no expenses. Correct. Sweet. And you probably did you save a lot of that money. Use I don't remember next year. Yeah, all I right. don't. I probably did because it was so much. Um, so much. Yeah, I probably <laughs> saved it, and I probably like. I remember that next summer, I was I had my first like apartment on campus in Laurel, or whatever. Yeah. So I wanted like a you know a TV you know I wanted like yeah. a, a lamp you know I wanted I think I wanted a, a MacBook I wanted like a MacBook you yeah. know I think that's the MacBooks were just becoming popular so there's things that I wanted to buy um, that I wouldn't have been able to get if I didn't yeah. have that job. Cool. So what kind of besides you don't want to work in corporate America or don't want to work in a cubicle? What did you take from that job? One of the things was it can, it can even be what you don't want to do. I mean, yeah. that's, that's something you take. From I think one of the things was how good I was at presenting. Mm. So my final project, I got to actually present to like very one of the regional directors. Yeah. Um, so it was, I went, you know, uh, went an elevator to this tall building, you know, got a chance yeah. to meet with like him and his direct reports and they all sat around a conference table and I was able to do a presentation. And I got really, really good feedback after my presentation, even after pushing the answer. They were yeah. asking me some pretty hard questions, at least at that age, um, about let's say banking on college campuses and I was giving them advice like, Hey, the reason why I bank with Wells Fargo is because they have ATM on campus, Mm -hmm. you know, giving them honest advice from a college student and saying it confidently. And my, and my direct boss, like Daryl, you did a really, really good job. Um, and she said, you know, if you ever need anything, if you ever need any reference, like definitely hit me up after this. So I think that was the first realization because right now, of course I'm a, I speak, uh, full time. I'm a professional speaker. I think that was one of the, the light bulbs that went off that I haven't thought about in a while. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good that at this. One of the seats. Yeah, one of the seats that grew from there. Very cool. Now, what was your reaction when you got back to college? Did you notice a difference between your experience of the summer and, let's say, um, a friend who just sat by the pool? Are you guys were you able to maintain those friendships? Did you have any of those conversations? Um, you know, could you tell a difference between you and your peers or just like, hey, I'm back in school, let's, yeah. let's party? Oh, yeah, probably that. <laughs> probably the latter. I don't remember the, anything in particular um, regarding coming back. I'm trying to think if anyone said anything or if we did anything. I probably had a little bit more money than everybody. And I, and I, probably, <laughs> and I probably had a little bit more confidence coming yeah. back because, you know, like, right. I, got, I had a had a summer of internship money for my belt. You know, yeah, yeah. you can thought they're like, oh, what were we doing this summer? Oh, I had an internship with Sundress. <laughs> Making $15, $14 like, an hour. So that's what I remember. I'm trying to, I don't think there's anything else, COVID, I can remember. I'm coming back. Cool. All right. So at that point, you're like 1920. Yeah. Um, making $14 an hour for a summer. When is the next time you start earning cash? That was the next summer. Okay. Um, at AT&T. So again, through inroads, now another just year. A, just a question for our listeners. How are you surviving not making money? Student debts, loans? Yes. You're all right. So all all loans, pretty all right. much. And then 
my parents would give me money or I have, I had two older sisters. You're just on the court. Oh, I had two yeah. older sisters or whatever. Um, that would help and assist also All right. when I needed help. So, nice. but mainly, mainly, yep, mainly Uncle Sam. All right. <laughs> no, that that's cool. I mean, I I don't necessarily have have much experience with that, but I work with a lot of software developers that are um, from India, mm-hmm. and it's very common for them to help their brothers and sisters out get through school. Mm-hmm. And they're professionals now, making very good money. Um, it's very common for them to send money back home. Is mm-hmm. that also prevalent in like your family or your culture where? where like it's very community kind of helping focused. So it was mainly like food and stuff, so small yeah. things. They weren't like paying for books or anything. Yeah. But if I ever needed any money for like food or if I ever needed any like small cash, you know, my sister would put fifty dollars in my account every once in a while. Oh, right? Right. So it's cool. more like just loving family who would help out, That's you know, cool. every once in a while. And my mom and dad would do the same. Yeah. Um my dad got me an American Express card. All right. Underneath underneath his name. So any, if there was ever an emergency, does that um, help you build credit if it's under your name? It did. It oh, did. Right. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then he had it for such a long time that you know it gave me you know additional eleven years of credit on there. You know that that kind of helps around. Wow. That. But so I, so I, I was I was definitely blessed throughout that process to know that if I ever need anything, I could have put it on that car. Yeah. So if gas was like crazy or something, I could put it in that car. Now I had to explain everything that was on that car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was one time where. Um, I was going away for um, spring break, and he said, well, I'm going to give you $500 to go away for this trip. Oh, nice. Um, so I and went you didn't out. know that was coming. No, I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> so my girlfriend at the time, she had a birthday dinner, and I paid for me and her dinner on the card. Knowing I was getting the $500, I just wanted him to subtract it. He was like, what is this $90 dinner, $80 dinner? And I was like, I'm just going to subtract it for the 500 He was like, okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, he was he, he, he was definitely watching that card. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, so after SunTrust, you're about to tell me, when's the next time you start earning some cash? Sun, at the SunTrust, it was AT&T. Next summer. The next summer after okay. that. So I got that through Inroads 2, had okay. the interview with, now, quick question. So, were you after you got done at Suntrust, you telling other people about inroads? Why did you choose inroads to find AT and T? What's the thought process? Because at the end of the day, you could have said like, "Screw it, I'm just gonna sit on my couch and yeah. watch some TV." Because uh. there's a lot of people that did. Yeah. So, what makes you different? What was that thought process that that made you apply to AT and T? Made you use inroads and taught me through the first couple of weeks. It's interesting that you talk about other people doing that because I just never until you really said that I never yeah. really realized that. I guess I did, but I never never really hit me that other people just sitting at home chilling and yeah. not doing anything. Maybe going back home and just hanging out. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was it was money during the summer and it was good money. Yeah. And it was good money with a great company, company. that could give me experience. Yeah. So that was the only choice for me. Yeah. So AT and T was actually in Charlotte, mm. so that was the summer. That was the summer that actually got me because I had an internship in Charlotte. Yeah. My parents had to give me a car, so it's kind of strategic. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my yeah. That was my job um, during during that time, and that was around fifteen. Let's just say fifteen seventy five an hour. All right. Um, and that was like a forty hour work week wow. job. Um, working right. with the but quick intermission. So you mentioned your parents a few times, but you're not like some spoiled rich kid. Like your parents getting you a car was like a big deal. Them like letting you have the car was like a big like emergency. Like it's a big deal. Oh, let's, like, walk me let's, through a little bit of your background so people know oh, who you are. Oh, let's let's be really really clear. <laughs> um, first off, if I was spoiled or anything, right? right? I'm sorry, this court. Uh, 
if I was poor, I would have had a car in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so I got it my senior year of college because, you know, cars and stuff, they're not easy to come by, you yeah. know? And um, I still had to put 75% towards that payment every month. Mm. So I had to keep a job. That was one of the reasons why I probably got the job during college was yeah. because, you know, I had, to, I had to put money towards that. Yeah. Um, so family, middle class. Yeah. Um, dad worked hospital management. Mom was a stay-at-home mom for a yeah. while. Um, but we didn't start there. We started in, in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. All right. Not the best neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and definitely went through, you know, because my parents worked really hard, we were able to, you know, go through the ranks and, and, and do a lot better. But definitely not spoiled anyway. Definitely had parents who uh, gave great values. Yeah. Um, like I said, when it came to getting money and stuff in college, it was never like, here's here's $300. Yeah. It was always like, you know, here's, here's $50 to get by, you yeah. know. And it's funny because my dad would say, it's time for you to get a job. I'm like, no, you're fine. Focus on your school or something like that. So it was like a probably a, a, a thing between them. Like, this boy need to get a job. Or let him focus on school um, back and forth. But you definitely have good parents and good family that support, supported me throughout the way. All right. Very cool. All right. Good, good background. Now, AT&T, how did you choose them over other companies that you could have applied for? I thought that was the only option. All right, there in yeah. Charlotte. Oh, yeah, I like that was the only option here in Charlotte or that I applied. I think there was maybe like an insurance company, like Travelers or something. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't interested in insurance. So AT&T was, was pretty much the best option. And then once I interviewed with the uh, the guy in charge, it was it from there. I'm like, this yeah. is where I want to be. All right. Because I was, I was working with two people directly. Um, I was working, like I said, with the assistant vice president. Um, and this guy actually wound up being in charge of the Democratic and the uh, Republican, like for AT and T, like outfitting the stadium here in Charlotte. Wow. He handled the Republican convention, so this guy, like, best attitude. Like yeah. you can hear his laugh from like all the like when you talk about employee morale and just overall attitude. Like Patrick wow. was, Patrick was the guy, so he was Big, a great guy to work he's for. An important guy. <laughs> yeah, work, but good by the way. That's amazing. So we're at AT and T, fifteen bucks an hour. What kind of skills are you doing there, and like, what are you learning? Okay. So at AT&T, my goal, AT&T had a, something called a P2R program, okay. which if I can remember from back then, it was like a program where they, they wanted employees to refer different people they know in their family yeah. to use AT&T services. Okay. So the more you referred, the more points you got. And the more points you got, you were able to use those points to get prizes like TVs right. or whatever. Oh, wow. So my goal during that summer was to get employees to sign up or to know about the program and then be able to get them to ask their family and them to do that so for me it was things like doing workshops where i invited employees um these people in call centers so it was a little bit hard to get everybody in the room together but where i would invite them hey come on out this is what we're going to learn about it me presenting again in front of people um and then putting signs up and just doing other things in order to get people more involved in that program wow so you're you're stroking the the flame of speaking again so yeah you're presenting now are you a marketing major in college business management business manager business management. all right um walk me through some of the speeches like where you mentioned earlier you're a professional speaker now what did you notice during that job that really started planting those seeds for where you are kind of today one thing i learned was that you can present anything if you have the right attitude hmm. right so i can present like a bag of trash or some essential oils. What, what, what oil is that? It's like clove. Okay, so I can, I can, I can sell that. You know, if I had the right attitude and if I'm and if I'm hype. You know, yeah. 
So P2R, that program, it's not that exciting. I mean, employees <laughs> are referring their mom and their dad and their sisters to, to get AT&T products. But because I was, you know, I was, I was young, probably young. I mean, most, most of the employees there were there for about 30 years, at least, wow. at least 30 years. Wow. So some of them, I think I went to two retirement parties while I was there. Wow. <laughs> so a lot of them were retiring. So to get them hyped about anything is hard. Wow. But I think just with me and my attitude, I realized that, yo, if you are hyped, you have good energy, and people are willing to listen to you no matter huh. what you have to say. Wow. And I use that now in what I do where, like, sometimes you get in front of audiences, yeah. and they might not be the most excited, or you might not be... I'm always, I guess I am always presenting a topic that I like. So it's yeah. not like I'm, I'm presenting like, you know, statistics. Yeah. But sometimes you have to hype the audience up. And I realize that at the end of the day, I bring the energy and I'm in control of the energy that, that I bring into the room. Wow. That's sweet. That's amazing. That's, I'm, I'm taking some mental notes right there. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, at AT&T, 15 bucks an hour? Yeah. So the second internship, this is after junior year? Yep. All right. And I got fired from that job. You got fired? All right. Definitely walk us through. Oh yeah, I gotta tell that story. <laughs> so AT and T, um, that summer that I was working there, I wanted to go to my fraternity's hundredth anniversary yeah. conclave. So I'm a Kappa, uh, Kappa Alpha Psi. It was our hundredth year that we were founded. Huge event in Indianapolis. Never going to happen again. So I told my boss that um, unless I you need, survive another hundred unless years. you survive hundred years, <laughs> which maybe you never yeah. know with uh, medicine. But I let my boss know that, hey, I needed um I needed three days off. I think it was like a Thursday, Friday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. um, throughout the weekend, um, in order to go. And he said, Daryl, well, the internship only allows for interns to have two days off the entire summer. Which is a dumb rule if you ask me. <laughs> um, so he was like, Daryl, you have to make a decision. Um, so I uh wasn't you the made best a decision. decision. <laughs> I made a decision. But my decision was to stay because at this point, for me as a student, I was trying to be honest and upfront and saying, and this is like the second, third week I was into the internship. Yeah. I saying, hey, this is what I need off. Can you help me out? Like, can we make this, can we make this one day? It's one extra day. Like, yeah. I'm not going to take any other days. Can you make this one day work? So at this point, making 15, 15 an hour, Kobe, I'm not going to say during my second week when I have seven weeks until the trip happens, yeah. I'm not going to say like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to say, okay, cool, I'm not going to go. So I said, you know what? Let me play this <laughs> for a few weeks. Okay, it wasn't the best idea, but I did it. So literally probably about two weeks before the trip. I was When's like, the 100th anniversary? Was it was it? like in August. In August. So you yeah. could have worked the whole summer pretty much. I could have worked the whole summer yeah. if I didn't take that trip. Yeah. Um, I could have worked it, and it would have been a great experience. Um, but for me, I realized at that age that some experiences only happen once. Yeah. And that at this age... Um, especially at the age that I was then, that I had to take advantage of every experience that came my way. I knew that there would be many more jobs that came, but I knew that at the end of the day, Conclave would never happen. And looking back, I, I would have done it 10 times. It was just an amazing experience. One of my best trips yet. Yeah. Some of my best trips with, with, with my brothers. Great memories. So going back to the story, I, uh, so I told him probably two weeks before the trip, I was like, hey, I decided to go on so the trip. So you're telling him like late July. Yeah. But you've already worked. I've already worked. Through. June, yeah, May, June, yeah. most of July. Okay. Yeah, done all that work and told him, like, hey, I think I'm going to go on the trip because at that point, SGA had paid for the flight. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that at that point, if, if you didn't go, you had to pay that money back. Yeah. So that was my excuse for, say, to say I have to go. Yeah. But I knew that before. Yeah. But um, like I said, I wanted, I wanted to be able to work, work that time during the summer. So I went on a trip and when I came back, I had a box. <laughs> so... 
Uh, yeah, it was it was weird. Uh, but the thing is that I this is where we go back to relationships. Yeah. Before we started, we we're talking about the importance of relationships with people, and uh, and before I left, like they walked me down. I mean, they gave me a hug. I mean, it was it was it was a great. It was the best firing I think anyone could ever get. Wow. And they actually brought me back when I graduated and gave me a graduation party. No way. And they all gave me like $200, all the employees. Wow. I don't know if anyone you have ever got fired and then brought back with a cake. Wow. <laughs> a year later with a car with like $200 in it. Uh, so so they were my peeps. I understood. They had to do what they had to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that was company policy. I couldn't have more than two days. Yeah. But overall, looking back, it was the best thing I've ever done. I would wow. do all over again. That's cool. That's cool. So that's... And then after that internship, you get fired. You have a cool experience going to Indianapolis with your brothers. Yeah. You come back and you're starting your senior year in college. Is that yeah. right? Yes. All right. And then, now did you graduate in four years, like on time? I did. All right. So the clock's ticking in May and you got to figure out what's what's life going to be like. Yeah. So what are you thinking at that point? We're, we'll still consider you probably in the maybe right above the zero when we're getting like trying to get zero to 60 because you yeah. don't have like full-time employment. Yeah. You got a few internships that kind of gave you money to last for the next six months. Yeah. And um, all right, so walk me through the senior year and when do you start thinking about jobs? Because if I remember correctly, you don't go the job route. You start a company, right? Correct. All right, so walk, us, walk me through that. So coming out of college, um, I think AT&T taught me by getting fired, that I never wanted to have anyone decide when I could take a day off. Yeah. And I wanted that full freedom. So that was one of those moments, again, one of those seeds that was planted like, hey, you want to be careful. <laughs> so coming, so senior year, you know, people start looking for jobs. I was I was looking for jobs, I think. I'm pretty sure I was I was I was applying for different companies. I don't know if I didn't find any luck or there just wasn't anything that I really, really wanted. Huh. But I think I was just applying at that point just to apply because everybody else was applying, knowing that I didn't really want to go into corporate America at that time. Um, so when you're applying for jobs, are you going on Monster.com? Are you going on LinkedIn? Have you been invented yet? Are you going no, to the Career Center? All yeah, right. So no, how, when you say apply for jobs, what's that? What's the day-to-day that you were actually doing? Okay. So to get down and dirty, you can go to the Career Center. So. Okay. I was going to the Career Center, um, looking on their website. I think it was a Niner Net, Niner Job Net. Yeah. So throwing, it was really, really easy to apply for jobs there because you're literally just pressing a button and it's sending your resume out to all oh, these wow. people. All right. Going to Monster, um, going to any career fairs on campus. All right. So going career to those, fairs. yeah, okay. going to those different things. But that process was cut short. Okay. Because I decided that you know what, I'm not going to take a job at the college. I'm going to start my own company. Huh. All right. So my passion has always been freshman students or college students in general. All right. So I said I want to start a business in order to help freshman students on this campus and other yeah. campuses. So I called it College Concierge. Um, and the thing that made me really go forward with it was there's a, a incubator okay. in the Charlotte area that was like the Ben Craig Center, which is by UNC Charlotte, yeah, yeah. and a. a a seed fund yeah. type venture capital type competition yeah. that I actually got into, wow. um, which really made me think, oh, this idea might be worth something. So College Concierge was a company that would help freshman students on campus. It's a membership program that I was going to do for 100 students, probably going to be about $1,000 per parent for the year, but parents would get, or students would get like mentorship, okay. leadership workshops, access to like laundry service, food off campus, and a lot of other programs just to make sure that hmm that freshman year was great and beneficial for their student. Yeah. So I needed 100 parents to sign up, and I got one parent to sign up. 
So I wow. decided not to take a job probably about two or three months before I graduated. Did that parent pay a thousand bucks? They did. They gave, yeah, they, they sent me the check. I never cashed it though. Wow. I had to, I had to send the cat. had to send the check back um, because again, that wasn't going to be able to pay for everything. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so about two to three months before graduation, I decided not to, I just decided to stop searching altogether. Um, probably because the business popped in. Yeah. Um, and I decided to do that. Now, did the idea for the business come first or the desire to not go to corporate America come first? The idea came first. Okay. So I think the idea came first and I was trying to figure out if that's really what I wanted to do possibly. Um, let me think about that. Pretty sure the idea came first. Okay. Yes. The, the, I would say the idea came first yeah. and everything else came along with it. All right. So maybe we'll do another episode where we get into the nitty gritty of, of that failing. Okay. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we're succeeding, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a success now because yeah, you learned out. from it and you tell it, you can tell a good story about it and uh, and you're definitely at a, a really great place now. Um, so that business fails and then you're graduated at this point? You graduated. That, yeah, I'm in the so summer. You got to figure out how you're going to eat. Exactly. So hands down. What happens? So I thought that I was going to get like all this graduation money was going to help me to survive. Yeah. I didn't. I got like $300, I think. <laughs> so so I was really like struggling like I actually lived on I forgot this part. So I lived on a friend's couch for 2 weeks. Wow. Then I lived on another friend's couch for like 3 months. Like wow. yeah, and they like took care of me, so like they made like food. Like I gave them, I don't really think I gave them any money. I gave her like a hundred dollars the whole three months. Wow! And they, um, my best friend and his girlfriend, they kind of like just. Took I was, you I was on, yeah, we had a good time. It was that's the part about being, you know, being <laughs> free. Like you can just do that type of stuff. But yeah, I lived on the couch for around three months trying to get the business up. And then once I realized that you know one parent ain't going to do it, yeah, I decided to start looking for jobs. So. That process after that was I went to recruitment companies. So. Now you're are you a quick side note, are you like tweeting at this point like entrepreneur grind, sleeping on the couch, <laughs> hustling, but really you're just unemployed? Uh, so so I I still call it I, I don't think I was unemployed. I, just, <laughs> I was an entrepreneur at that point. Um, and then uh, even in that, I still wasn't even upset during that time. It was it was it was more like embarrassed a little bit because you, know, you tried to start a business, it didn't work out. But I knew that it was all a part of the entrepreneur story. Mm-hmm. I knew that one day I would have to tell that story. Yeah. So I always, you know, I always know that That's every cool. failure like builds you up. So and, you know, we, we all need our stories. We're able to go back and sit on stage on there and be like, you know, I failed. I slept on the couch for two, three months. <laughs> uh, I ate ramen noodles. You can yeah. ask Caitlin. Like, yeah, I remember Caitlin is one of our friends, but she used to come to the incubator when I was starting up, and I I literally had all my stuff in the back of my car because wow. I was sleeping on someone's couch. So you're yeah. not going to bring all your stuff inside their house. Yeah. So I was literally living, Not I'm not going to be like overly dramatic because I wasn't living out of my car, but yeah. I literally had a bag that I would bring in and then put it back in my car usually. Wow. Um, so that's where all my stuff was. I only kept like my comfort, my pillows, had the house and all the stuff was in, was in my vehicle. Wow. That, so that's amazing to me looking back now to see that at one point in my life, all my possessions were in a car. To be in a car. Yeah. Now I have a, you know, I, have, I brought a townhouse like two, yeah. three years ago. So the fact that how did I, it's, 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 it's a long process, yeah. but it's possible, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, I remember yeah. I remember the first time I moved post marriage. Mm-hmm. So like get married and then when we moved out of our first apartment, that was the first time in my life where I couldn't fit all of my possessions in my little Saturn Ion. Yeah. It was a I was like, Man, am I materialistic? <laughs> I didn't know what to think. Yeah, it's crazy. Um all right, so you decide to shut the business down. Yeah. Um 
you were about to tell me your recruitment mm-hmm. um, is LinkedIn popular at this point. How do you find your next job, and, and what is that job? I think LinkedIn was probably in the beginning stages, but I wasn't looking, but I wasn't looking at LinkedIn as a way to find a job. It was just what's the quickest way. So at that point, it was recruitment agencies. All right. So and you're was, not going to the Dairy Queen. You have a college degree. At oh, yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. We're, we're looking for a corporate job to be able to pay the bills. Yeah. So the recruitment agency was kind of interesting because they it's like a it's like a dating service. I feel like you know, they take your picture, they look through your resume. I recorded this whole like, excuse me, this whole like job video or something. They kind of like wow. pimp you out yeah. you know, to different companies in Charlotte. Wow. So I had about two interviews maybe. Um and I got the second one with Wells Fargo. Wow. Now, at that point, um, are you, when they're talking to you, like, man, I talked to a lot of college grads where I'm really glad you have internships. It's going to be easy to find you a job. Or was it you were just kind of feeding with everyone else trying to trying to make it? What was that like? No, I was, I was, definitely, I was definitely set up because I had two um, financial, I had backgrounds. So yeah. I had... Uh, SunTrust, which was financial background, and then I had AT&T, which was corporate America, yeah, yeah. but I still was able to put numbers in everything that I did. So it's like, you have financial background where a lot of people didn't have that experience. Yeah. So it definitely set me apart. So looking back, having those internships was just a great way to be able to set myself up to be able to fly right into a, yeah. a corporate America role, wow. especially at a bank. All right, so two interviews, you get the second one. So your first, let's call it real job out of college, you're working at Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo. Now, how much are you making? What are you doing? I was, at Wells Fargo, I started off at like 33000 as a loan process. So that's like more than 16 bucks an hour, maybe? 17? Yeah, it's, it's a that's process. A big deal. It wasn't a big deal. <laughs> but when you when you signed that contract, you were like, hell yeah. Yes. At that, yeah, it was. Rolling it, in the, rolling yeah, it was like I'm able to eat, I'm able to pay my rent. So, like Maslow's, you move out of the couch. Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. So at that point, I got that job right. But so I, I really got the job at Wells Fargo in the nick of time. Yeah. So I got it right before because I literally got my check, my first check, like right before my bills were due for my apartment wow. that I moved into with, wow. with one of my fraternity brothers. Yeah. So literally, God literally worked it all out. Where wow. like literally right before I needed the money, the money came account. in. Wow. Um. So what was I about to say? So Wells Fargo, yes, yeah, so I was a loan processor, and that right. at that point, um, HARP was very popular, okay. the Home Affordable Refinance Program. So okay. a lot of people were getting HARP loans. Okay. Um. So we were, you know, they brought us in. I remember that training class had at least a hundred and some people in it. We, wow. we were in a hotel ballroom. Wow. Training to become loan processors. Wow. Um. But thirty three thousand, I still feel like I deserve more, um, uh, because. You compare yourself to your friends and those people around you. And I think that's why it's always important to have good people around you who push you and people who are doing more um, because you're able to not only compare yourself, but they're able to push you. Yeah. So I was like, all I did in college from running for student body vice president to being an RA to being heavily involved and uh, pretty well academically, when I was there, I knew that I needed more from my life and I deserved more. Hmm. So 33K... And now you're sitting in there with 100 people, and there's probably yeah. people still there that are still processing loans, which is great, and they're yeah, doing their yeah. thing. But something in you is different to make you apply to SunTrust. Something was different that made you go to AT&T. Something was different that made you start a company when everybody else didn't. What makes you different at Wells Fargo? Because you don't work at Wells Fargo now. You obviously made some choices during that job and after that job that put you in a place to be where you're at right now so what are you thinking why you're at wells um did you want to move up in wells did you want to move out of wells um how do you how do you transition 
I think up was an option, um, but it was more out. I, I remember telling someone probably I became close with my QB mate, whoever uh, she was, Sabrina. And I told her literally my second weekend, I'm like, Sabrina, I think that was like October at the time. I was like, I'm not going to be here. I'll probably make it to December. Wow. So I was actively looking for stuff. And remember, I was working a part-time job at that time. All right. So I was working at Trader Joe's part-time. Yeah. Because I, I had that. loans and wow. stuff. So I had loans and other money or other things that I wanted to pay off. I totally like student remember loans. that. Yeah. And wow. uh, I had, remember, with college concierge, I thought I was getting more money for graduation and stuff. So I put a lot of that. And I thought money was going to come in. So I was yeah. putting money out that never came in. So I had about... Maybe about four thousand dollars in credit card debt. Wow, that I put on there. So I was like, Trader Joe's is my way in order to pay that yeah. off. So I, I was literally working 50, 60 hours a week. Wow. So that's a big deal. So you weren't just sitting on the couch applying for job. You had to eat. Yeah. You literally went to the grocery store to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so walk me through that hustle and maybe even humility when you apply for a job and get it at Trader Joe's. That's a that's a huge deal. Yeah. So for me, it was I was listening to Dave Ramsey. Okay. Um, and that's it's amazing how you just hear certain people and they strike something and you just like go. That's yeah. how it was with Tony Robbins. That's how it is with Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, I started listening to his uh his plan on getting out of debt. So I listened to his CDs and he started talking about you know if you got to get a second job you got to do it. Um. Pay off the debt, save a thousand dollars, all that stuff. How much in debt are you at this point? You're post graduation. You now have a car. They have to make a payment on. You're sleeping on the couch. You just started at, at Wells. Did, what came first, Trader Joe's or Wells? Uh, Wells came first, and Trader Joe's right. was second. So you're at a full time job making thirty three. Then you get another part time job at Trader Joe's. How much are you in debt at that point? I think student loans. I was probably like thirty something. Wow, amazing. Um, credit card. Yeah, maybe you don't want to go. Oh no, no, there. it's fine. It's fine. Um, open book. Thirty thousand, <laughs> probably student loans. Um, because someday when I run for president, someone's gonna pull this up and be like, "They <laughs> 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 you know my story." Yeah. Thirty thousand for probably student loans. Five thousand for revolving debt. Yeah. And then I had a car that was maybe like fifteen k. Yeah. You know. Wow. So yeah, so I was I, I, I was in there. That's amazing. So you're, and then you get the. Chutzpah, talk me through the humility and or hustle that goes into getting this Trader Joe's side job. So I knew that at the end I had to do whatever it took yeah. in order to get that debt paid off. Yeah. And Trader Joe's, like, if you're cool talking place. about, yeah, if you're talking about a second job, I don't want you to give me too much credit because that's a high class, you know. Yeah. Trader Joe's, they're paying you like $13,000 an hour, like 13. 12, 13. Yeah. Like, Health great. insurance. Yes, so I wanted braces too. So what happened was I was trying to work enough hours. So um, at that point, Wells Fargo was paying for braces, and I wow. wanted TI, not TI crap. I wanted Trader Joe's to pay for a portion of it. So I had like a plan where because wow. Trader Joe's benefits were so good, um, I was like, I wanted their benefits. I wanted everything. Wow. But Trader Joe's is like a high class type yeah, of job. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It's a great place to work. Like, excellent. But I can't believe I was working. I was literally working from Wells Fargo from 8 to, let's say, 5.30. Wow. Literally changing at work wow. in my shirt, going straight there from like 6 to 11. Jeez. About three to four days of work. Three or four days during the work week. And then Saturday, I would sometimes work doubles or work, you know, six hours that day. And then get up, go to church on Sunday morning. Yeah. Leave from church, probably take like 40 minute nap. Yeah. And then head right back to the work. To Trader Joe's. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. That is nuts. So you're pretty much wait at work at Wells Fargo at eight, home from Trader Joe's at eleven PM. And you're yeah. just on autopilot, just yeah. killing it. Just yeah. 
no choice. Yeah, and those got to do it. You got to do it. Um, how long did that last? That was probably I was at Wells Fargo, I think, for around four months or so. Okay. So I beat my goal. I told her I was gonna be out of there in three. Okay. I didn't beat my goal. I think I was in there an extra month or so. Wow. But I stayed at Trader Joe's for another probably two or three months after I left Wells Fargo on a weekend basis. Wow, that's amazing. There's there's something in what you have inside you and there's a previous gentleman on the podcast who said he worked at a country club hmm. while he had a corporate job too. Um, so that's just an amazing hustle and that's you're definitely showing us what's inside of you because you are making those little choices and those little things do make you different and yeah. they're putting you on that narrow path to success or wide path, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you're getting, you're, you're, you're going that way. So you leave Wells Fargo and you move to where? But you're still working at, at Trader Joe's. So where do you move to after you leave Wells? So I moved to TIAA Craft. Okay. Or TIA. TIA. Uh, which is close to Wells Fargo. A little closer to my house than Wells Fargo was by like one minute. Okay. Because um, I was really close to both of them. And I got that job. Um, I was in line to get tickets to see Barack Obama okay. at the Democratic National Convention. Okay. So it was like months before the Democratic National Convention. I was in line to get tickets for uh, that upcoming. When is the Democratic National Convention? Yeah, it was 2012. It was 2012, but I'm thinking yeah. what month was it in? Because if um, voting is in November, then it had to be a few months before that. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, I was in line, and I was in line for probably about four to five July. hours. It was July, July, yeah. July. So I was, I was in line for about four to five hours, and you know that anytime you stay in line with anyone for multiple time, for multiple hours, you kind of become friends with, yeah, yeah. with them. So I was in line with this lady, and a few people were talking. Probably about the last, let's say hour or so we start really talking and i found out that she works for tia craft oh wow and not only that but she was uh she got her master's at unc charlotte wow and at this point we've been talking for a while so we kind of become family yeah. at that point i'm thinking i had college concierge or um was that what did I call it? okay so let, let me back a little bit so i met this lady before i started working at wells fargo all right. I met her during that summer. All right. So at that point, I was like, hey, I'm trying to start this business, but if that doesn't work out. This is like summer of 12, probably then, right? Yeah. Yeah, summer so of 2012. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, at some point, if this doesn't work out, um, I would love to maybe work at the company you're working at. Yeah. And she said, here, Daryl, here's my card. She wow. wanted to be a director at TIA Crep. Um, now you're one, like a story of networking <laughs> and like bringing it full circle. Wow. Yeah. So I met her. I took her card. Um, I think I followed up with her that night. Thank you for meeting. Great conversation. Yeah. And then just carry that away. File cabinet. So what happened was I'm at Wells Fargo and I knew that, you know, at the end of the day, I had to get out of there. Yeah. So I started looking on TIA Craft's website mm. for this job, um, just for any job. And I see a job for inbound consultant. Okay. You had to get your 6 and 63 licenses, financial yeah. licenses. You're yeah. on the phone talking to people about the retirement accounts, everything from What's your balance to, I'm retiring tomorrow, what do I yeah. do? That's the process. So I go ahead and I apply by myself without the lady. Because at this point, I think I'm Daryl Bellamy. Like, I have yeah. a good resume. I've had internships. I shouldn't need her help at all. Yeah, yeah. So I go ahead and apply. And it was probably within three weeks, I got a denial letter back from HR. Wow. So, you know, you're just not, you know, what we need. Or you're just, you know, the regular denial letter. So I then pick up the car at my desk. Send her email and I say, Hey, this is Daryl Bellamy. Da, da, da. I just applied for a position. Da 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 da. TI Crep, can you help me out? In three hours' time, I got a letter back from um, HR giving me an interview. 
Wow. That easy. Wow. Based on relationships. Based on people. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that lady, so that was a that was a good investment to stand in line. Yeah, and, and create that know. relationship. Yeah, um, that's amazing. What a kind person to to, and she really definitely saw something in you to to answer that email. Yeah. Um, so you get an interview at Tia at Tia, and um, you obviously get the job. Yeah. Um, walk me through signing that contract. How much you making that? Oh, so that was that was huge because that was like a nine thousand dollar raise. Wow. I think that. So I went from thirty three to forty five. Forty five. Wow. Yeah, so about nine thousand. So I got a nine thousand dollar raise, which meant because I was working at Trader Joe's at that point mm-hmm. with Wells Fargo. So my Trader Joe's salary and my Wells Fargo salary equal what I was now making at Kraft. Wow, wow. So that meant that I got some of my time back. Yeah. So I you took, weren't ready to give up Trader Joe's yet. Then. I wasn't ready to get rid of okay. it, but uh, I was ready to scale down because I was working a lot of hours. Yeah. So what I did was I think I went. I was still working some nights at. Um, TI Cref, but I was studying for my financial exams. All right. So at that point, I really couldn't put in that many hours at Trader Joe's because I'm studying for an exam that if I didn't pass those exams, I would get fired. Right. Yeah. All right. So they hire you, you know, and you don't have the, the series six. Everybody the there didn't have it. They didn't have it. All right. Every, so it was a training class. Yeah. You got to pass. Yeah. Um, so you got to pass these tests, and that means you get some pretty big industry certifications. Yes. That's a blessing to, yeah. to get that job. You probably learn a lot. So. Do you pass the test the first time? I pass them. So six, my six and sixty. What, what was it? I think my six, six. So six, I passed them the first time. Yeah. And it was because I had a financial background. I enjoyed learning it. Yeah, yeah. And I got like a eighty something, which is really good because I, you know, I just I understood the I understood the the knowledge. Now sixty three, I kind of played around because think about this: when I go into my six exam, I thought. When I was taking that test, I was like, I definitely failed this test. And I passed with a great grade. Wow. So that means when the 63 came around, I was like, I got this. And didn't really study that much. Wow. So I actually failed the 63 Ooh. the first time. Um, but luckily, you get to take it two times. Right. The second time, I, I, I passed it. I killed it. Um, but that showed me. You know, it's like one of the things Welcome where like, the real it, was, world. it told me like to do things right the first time. Yeah. So I, I was like, yeah, yeah, you can't play games on that, on that 63. Wow. Yeah. So you pass the test. You're working at TIA now. Sounds like you're working maybe a night shift or something. No day. A day shift. All right. Yeah, so right, day right. shift. And you're st- when do you leave Trader Joe's? I'm going to say probably two months after working at Kraft. Okay. Um, after because like I said, the salary was replacing it. Yeah. yeah. Things. So I was like, you know, time is important, and you yeah. want to be able to have like work life balance, whatever balance is these yeah. days. But you wanted some sort of balance, or I wanted some sort of balance. I wanted to be able to you know go with go to church and be able to really stay there the whole day if I needed to yeah, and help yeah. out and be able to come home and rest on Sundays in order to make sure I was right on Mondays. Yeah. And I enjoyed my life at Crest, so Very I didn't cool. necessarily need to. I just didn't want to give that discount either. At the <laughs> no, I totally hear that. <laughs> um, so you're at Crest, you're making 45K. Um, do you have it on your own apartment at this point? I do. do. Have, so yeah. I had the same apartment that I had at Wells. All right, same apartment? Yeah. Um, and then, do you get promoted at Craft? We're still not at sixty. So, like, walk me through kind of getting. You're you're well beyond forty five now. So yeah. walk me through getting. Uh, what's the next step after you after you're answering phone calls, inbound consultant for people's okay. retirement at, at Tia? So I was at forty five at that point, um, not really knowing what was next. I knew I knew that I wanted to take the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial. Did you ever want right? to move up at Tia? Um, big company, cool company. 
I did want to move up. Yeah. But it's kind of like, I think the stage that most people are at sometimes where like you want to move up, but you know that there's something different. Mm-hmm. So you are you are always willing to move up if that opportunity comes. Yeah. So at TI Craft, you had to work in the NCC for, I want to say, I'm making up things, but I think it had to be 15 months maybe that you had to be in the NCC. I think it had to be that time. You NCC had to work there. Like North Call Center or something? NCC is like the national, let's say the national, national. call center. All right. So in order to, you had to stay there for 16 months and then what was great is that once you hit that 16 months, you're able to move anywhere in the company. Yeah. And people actually want you because you know like deep knowledge about yeah, the product yeah. because you talk to customers all the time. Yeah. So I knew that after that 16 months, if I didn't have a new job or if I wasn't ready to strike it out on my own, then I knew that, yeah, I would definitely move up. And yeah. it was, I mean, Kref is a great company to work for. Yeah. I mean, great benefits, great, benefits. great people, great campus. I mean, yeah. all my friends who are still there now, they love it, they enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so I definitely knew that it could be somewhere that I could spend a few years with yeah. while I was building um, up capital yeah. in order to do what I wanted to do. In 45K, you got your own apartment. Are you like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm making it. I'm, I got it. Yeah. What, what are you thinking? I'm doing okay. Like, I was like, okay, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm able to save money. I'm able to get my time back, which was huge because mm-hmm. I'm not working nearly as much. So I'm able to hang out a little more. Yeah. Kind of enjoy that part. Yeah. Um, but for me, I always wanted bigger things. All right. So I'm always, and sometimes I have to stop and say, like, okay, you're good for right now. Like, yeah. enjoy the moment. Enjoy what's happening and then focus on the future. But I'm always like, okay, what's next? Like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Okay, what's next? Like, what's the next job? Like, where can I go? So I'm still, I'm happy. I wouldn't say I was satisfied, yeah, yeah. but I'm happy enough because I'm able to buy things that I want. I'm not hurting for cash, yeah. but I'm still thinking, okay, is college con- am I going to, I was thinking at some point I was going to restart college concierge. So I'm right. still looking at that plan, kind of wow. thinking about what I could do to change it. Yeah, because you won a business competition. Correct. Right? Yeah. So I didn't win the business competition, but I got, I, I got yeah, I at, least, at least got in it, which showed me something. So at that point I was trying to restructure and think about what yeah, was next. Yeah. Well, I was going to do student coaching, yeah, yeah. trying to do something. Just trying in, to pivot in off of that. All right. Very cool. Um, did you get some water? Oh, no, I'm good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I probably need um, So you're at 45, but you don't work at TIA now. Walk me through the next phase of your life. So at this point, I'm at CREF for probably about 11 months or so. Yeah. And I'm walking to lunch. <laughs> and I see... Kobe, strapping I, I see, I see Kobe <laughs> with his fitted suit and his skinny tie. Probably had on. I don't know if I was wearing suits at that point at Kraft, but um, probably some days. But I see Kobe, and we decided we're going to meet for lunch. Yeah. That day, oh no, that some at some point he's working for a consulting company at, at that point. So um, I'm like, cool. We'll meet for lunch just to catch up, just like we used to do on college campus. Just catch <laughs> yeah. up, have lunch, or do CrossFit every once in a while. Um, so. Mm-hmm. So now, did, you, did you did you come to my house for the CrossFit workout? So for everybody listening, when he says he's, he's Coley, he's talking about me. Well, but, uh, you call yourself. No, oh, okay, I call myself Coley. Okay. You're just talking about me like okay. a third person. Okay. Here. Did you ever come to CrossFit workouts at my house? I, I did, and you killed me every time. Oh, so, that was awesome. Yeah, so I came about probably two times, and every time I came, it was one of the things where it was like, this is this is the worst idea ever. It's kind of like every, <laughs> so I have a trainer now that I work out with about three, four times a week, and every time I go and train, I'm like, who signs up to actually be trained yeah. and hurt this bad? It's like signing um, up for a Spartan race. Like, yeah, yeah. And who pays is, that? Yeah, who pays and, for that? and CrossFit is another an, another hell if you think about it. Like we you had stuff around on top of our heads like running around a block. Yeah, like crazy. It, was, it was crazy. So yeah, 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 yeah. 
space. So when we see each other passing for lunch, the first th- the first thing we're we're probably like, yo, let's work out, or were we already working out at that point? I think um, we probably had. We're not strangers. Like, yeah, we, we obviously each other. know each other good enough to say hi walking across yeah. Tia's campus. I don't think we were work. I think we. I don't think we worked out at that point. All right. Maybe we did. Did we start? No, I probably. I think we were. I, th- I think we probably at least worked out once before right, that. Yeah. Um, maybe about a few months before that or something. Because um, it wasn't like when I saw him, like, hey, I was like, hey, good to see so, you again. See you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we just talked and, and called up. You told me where you were working. So. All right. And then, so I can take us a, a little bit through this. So I see Daryl and, um, you know, you guys got, you got everything. Wells Fargo on your resume, T on your resume. It's like come come join the consulting ranks. Like, let me you, tell you this. Let you, me tell you. Kill story. it here because that's that's not the story. <laughs> the story is how I remember it. There's always two sides of the story in the middle. So we're having lunch and Kobe's talking about like we're just literally just talking. So I'm talking about what's going on at Kref. He's talking about what's going on at in the consulting world and stuff like that. So at that point, there's no like. There's no like, hey, Kobe, I want to come to yeah, yeah. consulting. Yeah, we're just having just a conversation. Friends. Yeah, just friends having a conversation. And at that point, like, I was fine at Kref. Like, yeah. wasn't really looking. I was, like, maybe going back into business. So at the end of the lunch, yeah. Kobe says, hey, Daryl, send me your resume. So I'm like, okay. So literally, I sent Kobe my resume. And a day later... I never heard from Kobe from what from my understanding. <laughs> never heard, never told me he was doing this. So the next day I receive a call from Human Resources. Um Karen, right? Karen, yeah, oh, Karen, Karen Green. Um asking me about, you know, my background and uh yeah. So wow. you could yeah, but it was just interesting that I, I we never really talked about it, but he submitted my resume and then next day human resources called. So I think that goes back to the common theme or threat that might be throughout the interview that um, how important relationships are. Yeah, relationships are everything. And I, I definitely remember that lunch. It was just two gold friends just connecting. Yeah. Like, what do you do in your life? What do you do in my life? Both professionals now. And we're just connecting. Like, there's no incentive. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the conversation, I realized, like, you're really, you're quality, really talented. Like, um, this is like a no-brainer. Like, we'd love to have you. Like, you, you kill it here. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, so Karen, for all everybody now, Karen, Best recruiter in the world, <laughs> nicest, nicest lady, nicest woman you'll ever meet. Yeah, um, she's good and such a blessing. I mean, I know I, I owe her a lot. I owe Karen a lot. And I remember when I when I uh, made the transition from my previous company to Carlisle Gallagher to the consulting. Like Karen was the one who found me on LinkedIn and reached nice. out, and I thank her to this day. I was like, Karen, I my family survived because you called me. Yeah. Like um, I was able to put food on the table because you took a took a chance on me. Um, so you get a call from Karen, you do the resume, you go in for probably a few interviews. It was um, an interview day. So I was in the analyst program. I was planning to be in the analyst program. So I was actually interviewing at that point, like six other college students, wow. um, during that time. And yeah, so it was a day long of interviews and I found out probably about three days later that I got the job. Wow. And that was, I went from 45 to 52. Yeah. Was that six thousand dollars? Yeah, fifty-two, fifty-two-five. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I got into. I was hoping you weren't going to say like fifty-five. Like, man, they started me on fifty-two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. fifty-five. Yeah. All right, so we meet for lunch, and then you get hired through the analyst program. Started yeah. at fifty-two-five. Now yeah. you started working at TIA what February or so? I mean, you left Wells in uh, January. Yeah. So I was I was eleven months into craft. So I wasn't even at craft for a year. All right. Um. And then you start in the summer at CG, or when you start? I started 
probably in like March. Wow. It had to be around March. Yeah. Um, and then our story when it came to that is um, it just every everything happened right on time. So when I, when I told my coworkers at Wells that I was leaving, you know, yeah. first of all, there's a lot of risk that goes into going. No, I'm talking about Wells. Okay. Tia. Yeah, the Tia. Yeah. I was talking about when I left Wells to go to Tia. How they were like, hey, you shouldn't do that. You gotta take all these tests. And then everybody, we they actually had a huge layoff. Wow. Right when I left oh, Wells, wow. like a month later. Man. Okay, so going back, what was the question you asked? I told you. Um, you were going to tell us how we got. Just talking about like at CG. So you got, I was I was seeing how long you were at T. You said you were there. 11 yeah, months. I was so I was at TRK for around when did you start at CG? eleven months. I think I started CG probably around March. Okay, March. All right, March. So you signed that. So you, you signed this contract like fifty two five. At that point, you're like I'm killing it. Yeah, I was I'm just good. killing it. Yeah, I think that was CG was the first place that I felt like I really belonged. Yeah. Like talented people. Talented people. Nice office. Yeah. I mean, really nice. Classic. Not that everybody. I mean, hella professional. Yeah. I mean, um, I felt like this expense is expense accounts. Expense. <laughs> I mean, expense. I mean, traveling. It was like wow. Like, I worked hard in college to be there. Yeah. Um. So I kind of it was it was it was definitely it was like a I made it moment. Yeah. At that moment. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And then you're in there, and um, so you start get started in March, and then. The next thing, I mean, I think we're at the same promotion party. So one of this, yeah. this, this podcast is about, you know, I, I have like a year or so under my belt and Daryl gets promoted in like two months. <laughs> um, so, so I got a lot of work to do. Um, so this podcast is zero to 60. So you're at 52.5. And kind of my thesis with this is it's people who got in the professional world and then somehow got promoted like they got to that 50 mark but really in order to get to 60 you got to get in the professional world whether you start at 52 or 59 you got to get promoted probably yeah. at least once to break that 60 so what did you do at cg to set you apart because not everybody got promoted too sure. and i also want to say you got to move a little bit too mm -hmm. so i think what i made i went from 33 to you know let's say close to we'll talk about before the promotion but let's just say i got to 33 to 60 in yeah. like two years or so yeah and that was because i did move companies a little bit yeah i mean i did get promoted so i did do good work yeah. so i think there's a process where both of those yeah. go hand in hand but when it came to cg i really got i was really blessed yeah. to be on the project that i was with the with the with the direct managers that i had who were really supportive yeah. so i had managers who challenged me who gave me who gave me assignments who were willing to give me great work wow um it also helped me a little bit that the person who I rode on to take their position, they yeah. were terrible at the job. Oh, so wow. anything I did was amazing because <laughs> he was so bad <laughs> that me just saying hello was just, hey, Daryl, you're amazing. <laughs> um, but I, I think I worked really hard. Like I was, I didn't get offline, you know, stop working until my boss got off, for yeah. example, when I first started. You know, just, just definitely following, you know, whatever your upper management were doing, yeah. um, I was doing that. Um, going out, like I think we talked about this a little bit. Um, how the relationship game is really important yeah. too. So I'm always just personally just interested in people yeah. in their lives and yeah. what's going on and what's going on in people's families, stuff like that. So I think that helps that I, when you care about people um, and people know that you care about them, yeah. I think that helps too when it comes to um, the relationships that you build. Yeah. And because you build a good relationship, people want you around. Yeah. And that helps with the promotions too, mm -hmm. I say, on top of the good work that I put in yeah. day in and day out. So at CG, you start in March, you get promoted the next year. Yeah. So you, everybody else has January to December to make an impression. You have mid-March to, to December to make an impression, so less time. 
but the reviews come around. What do your reviews say? And and how do you how did it, how do you get promoted? Like how did you feel? So reviews were, of course, to get promoted were all pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember getting a call. I mean, I was really I was I was really pumped um, and really excited because I don't know if I. I didn't really expect to get promoted that fast. I thought it would be something that maybe happened mid-cycle the next year. Yeah. Um, but I knew it was a possibility um, because, like I said, I had I had great um, – was she a manager? No, she wasn't a manager. Great, a great senior manager yeah, on, yeah. on a team who was just very helpful and definitely um, just helped me a lot. So I was – I can say that I was, I was really excited yeah. um, to, to get but that. But the reviews came back positive. Oh, reviews Anything came – highlight? Anything like, you know, that you remember from that? Um, hard worker. Yeah, like <laughs> hard worker does anything assigned, goes above and beyond. Great with the client. So All I had right. a I had a great relationship with with my client, yeah. which means a huge. I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, she. I think I'm I'm actually going out to lunch this week with my client. Wow, that was like two jobs ago. Yeah. So, wow. so yeah, so I have a great relationship with the client, which always helps because the client is the one who pays the bills at the end of the day. Yeah. So that always has to work, and they yeah. have to okay everything that you do. So. I think it was all that in general that, yeah. that played into the promotion. Wow. And plus, I did work. So, me and you worked on a newsletter. Yeah. So, I had COP, which is like community, community of practice. practice. Yeah. So, different practices within the firm that, uh, whether it's wealth or different things that we're working on, I had that experience too yeah, yeah. to say, you know, I'm doing stuff outside of just my regular project. Yeah. Um, to help ensure that I was doing more, more than usual. Wow. Amazing. So, the review comes back. And then, if anything like me, they slide that piece of paper, which is like your next year's salary mm-hmm. across. Do you hit sixty at that point, or or where? What's the what's the deal? And I think I'm at sixty two. Oh wow! All right. I feel. I think you would know because we we were probably at the same amount at that point. Yeah, yeah. Was that sixty two? Sixty two. Yeah, yeah. So that I think that is when we start getting incentive bonuses, right? So. Or maybe it wasn't. No. No. Maybe you did. Whoops. All right. So they slide that piece of paper across. It's sixty-two-five. It's sixty-two-five. Wow. All right. Tell me how that felt. I mean, I'm there. I'm good. Yeah. Um. So that was. You're like not an analyst anymore. Correct. I'm not an analyst. I'm now a consultant. consultant. Um. Able to put much more money away. Yeah. At that point, um, I think I once I did that, I think I got bought a house at that point. Wow. So it was able to open up like a lot more income for me yeah. to be able to do bigger things. Yeah. Um, at this point, the car was almost paid off. The college concierge debt was gone. Wow. Um, so being able to get that raise from Wells to Kraft, from Kraft to CG, and then CG to the raise, yeah, all helped when it came to just making sure that I was you know good wow. financially. Wow. But when they signed the papers, like. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> no need to this, negotiate here. Yeah. This is no 3% thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like 10 grand. It's like, wow, 10% Yeah, 52 to 62. Yeah. 52 to 62. And I was like, I was thinking Big like, is, is this what corporate America, is this what it's going to be like every time? Yeah. Like 10K? Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was good. It was good. That's cool, man. Well, well, I, I definitely want to have you on again to to get to where we're at right now. You're doing really big things. You look great. You're wearing... A shirt that right now it's branded by yourself. Yeah, that's cool. Inspired. So, um, before we we'll get into that next time, but tell her, you know, have any final words for anybody? Yes. So I would say final final words for like the college kid or anybody out there. Like this, this I want people to listen to this that are maybe sitting in McAllisters right now, maybe waiting tables, maybe valeting cars like I was. Like they're listening to this. Like how they get from that service industry job, which is a great gig, and helping the country and the country's helping them and 
they're everything's good, but how do they, they want more? You know, what, what do you say to that person? So my biggest piece of advice um, for those who are in college, and I can only tell you what I did. Yeah. Uh, for those who are in college, what are you involved in on campus? Mm. Um, the goal of getting involved on campus at the end of the day is to meet people yeah. um, who you can help each other in the future um, and, and actually able to learn as well. But I think every relationship matters. Um, and I was talking to Colby, who's sitting right here, um, before we talk. And one of the workshops that I do now for students is on emotional intelligence. What shows that at the end of the day, 80% of your success is based on your relationships and 20% is based on your intellectual ability. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who's out there listening, your success is not going to be determined long term by how smart you are. I mean, it could definitely help and it could definitely take you places, but it's based on who do you know um, and not only who you know, but what you know, because you can't be a, a dummy because yeah. no one's going to recommend a dummy um, and then what you know. So I think all that comes into play. So for those... College students, what are the what, what what are you doing on campus in order to help you? And for those out of college, who can you call on, and where can you get out there in the community in order just to get more visibility? And what kind of experience can you focus on? So for me, I was at Trader Joe's. I was doing anything in order to get out there in the public, yeah. um, and connecting with people in order to, I guess, just just to get out there more. I I love this quote from Fifty Cent. Really amazing business quote from from a rapper but he says uh who you know gets you in the door what you know determines how long you stay there yeah yeah so great advice great interview i know i definitely learned a lot but where can people find you today if they if they want to contact you nice so instagram is probably the best way to always get in touch with me through like direct message um so my instagram is at bellamy so b as in baby e as an elephant two l's as in love yeah as an apple m as a mom y inspires um so check that out and then if you ever want to email me it's daryl at bellamyinspires.com website is bellamyinspires.com so like i said feel free to reach out you know, i'm always interested to talk and uh and help in any way like i tell when, when i'm done speaking with students and people around the country i always say like literally email me i will answer back yeah, yeah. Like, i wanna my goal is to help and share any knowledge that i can share um with you then this is the most in-depth I've given based yeah. on like from start to finish. So with real hope, numbers. Yeah. So I hope I hope you were able to gain something from Definitely. from this process. I know I was, man. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, man. How long was that?